You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're looking at the 28th and final episode of Ultra Q, entitled Open Up! Episode Synopsis. After 27 episodes, finally, Yuriko acts on her feelings for June and, indirectly, her feelings about Ipe. She entices June to ditch Ipe so they can run off together and have some carefree time alone. Ipe sees a flying train. Driving, June and Yuriko discuss how wonderful going to a place where there are no people and no pressures would be. Hold that thought, though. There's a man lying in the middle of the road. They stop for him and, thinking he's a hit-and-run victim, bundle him in the car to take him somewhere. They soon learn he's just a drunk, so they decide to take him to Professor Ichinatani's chamber of... uh, Sorry, lab. Perhaps Ichinatani has a standing order for stray experimental subjects. They come to a train crossing and the man starts screaming, Let me off! It looks like he's jumped under the train, but next we see him on a bizarre, slightly trippy, and mostly empty train. When his lack of a ticket is uncovered by the ticket collector, he is taken to another passenger, sci-fi author Kenji Tomano. He says, it's okay if you want to travel on my train to another world. He explains that this train has (laughs) overridden the space and time, and that out of the window, you can see all of it. The drunk man sees his child begging for him to come home or to join him. And suddenly, he's not on the train anymore and is being hypnotized in Ichinatani's lab. They've got another woman locked up there, too. She was found in a train tunnel, so that can't be a coincidence. Jun and Yuri visit Tomano's home, and they are given a manuscript by the housekeeper because they arrived, and they're from the newspaper at the right time. Tomano's been gone for a year and a half and occasionally sends manuscripts or calls with instructions. Each Natani has been called in by the police, and June and Yuriko tag along. It's about a case from last October where a train car floated off. The police want all the people in one room to tell them not to tell anybody about this. Each Natani sees the obvious connection. Later, the drunk is picked up by his wife and daughter. They're a charming family. (laughs) The wife is merciless in her berating of her layabout drunkard husband. He gets out of the cab and goes to work at four in the afternoon. His boss rips him a new one, too. So he quits. Jun's car breaks a fan belt, and a disembodied voice tells Yuriko it's okay to read the manuscript. They read it, and it tells of how Tamano was beaten down after a particularly grueling day surrounded by sci-fi fans. He wished he (laughs) could escape like in his books, and he does, by taking an elevator deep underground to a new world. The drunk is screaming at trains to take him. The end. Seriously, the end. That's it. The end. 
Yeah, I think they they ran out of uh, typewriter. Just, and said, "Oh just, shoot, we're out of typewriter." Well, that's it. That's all we. Oh, no, no, I was I was just getting going on this whole story about what was going to happen about this, uh, but I guess not. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was like scene. That was like act one of yes. something. Yeah. Well, once again, uh, uh, we're we're not disappointed by the uh, quality, sheer quality of writing in this series. <laughs> That's as nice as I could say it. Everything we got felt like setup, right? The mystery has been yeah. set forth, and then everything was set up, and then they drew the curtain. And it wasn't like Act Two; it was oh, roll credits. Join wow. us next week for Ultraman, <laughs> new series. <laughs> you know, I don't know. If I was greenlighting stuff and I saw this, I'd be thinking to myself, "Hmm, what? Well, uh, no, I'm going to save now, the studios lots of money." Was was this some sort of a a metaphor for Japanese suicide? Yeah, I didn't think of it that way, perhaps. Because, I mean, it, it seemed like that guy was going to kill himself on more than one occasion. Well, drunk. I mean, he was just trying to run towards the train because he wanted to get on it. Right, but, you know, I mean, he's being beaten down. It's like, sure, I, you know something? My wife, if I had to go home to that... You know, yeah, I'd rather just go on the endless train thing, ride. Right? Goes into work, works terrible to him. It, it, deservedly, uh, at that point, he, he deserved well, to get yeah. a little bit of a chew up yeah. for that particular one. But it just, everything seemed to be building up against the guy, and it just felt like he was barreling towards suicide. And then when we hear uh, Tamano's story, you know, oh, everything was down, and oh, it was just... just uh, I had to meet with the sci-fi, sci-fi fans. Sci-fi fans. <laughs> After that, there is nothing better than death. I mean, an endless elevator ride. It ride to, to hell, yeah. <laughs> the very dimension, yeah. If only when I was going down that elevator, I, I could imagine that I was going to another world like one in my book. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, it really... Okay, Alice, just fall down that rabbit hole and see what happens. It, it really is bizarre. And, you know, if they were going for unsettling, I would say that this is a, a good way of doing it. You know, just simply not finishing the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, not giving us the major premise. I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to solve the mystery and, and get Tamano back? And yeah. does he want to come back? And, and, you know, who's stealing the trains? Why does he have to steal trains? Right. Why does the police force have a task force about trains floating off? And, and what happened to Epe? I mean, he's just, what, left there holding a bunch of boxes, and that's the end of that. He's cleaning the console of the plane. Well, yeah, and... Later on, when they're reading the manuscript, but yeah. And, and none of the parties interact with him at all. Not a, a smile, a wave, nothing. He's just... yeah. Another background guy just doing whatever they do. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that he was on vacation that week, except that he really is in the cockpit of the plane right behind June's head. Right. At one point, but he doesn't even, yeah, he doesn't really even talk to him. It's really strange. Of course, he's probably still mad at them for ditching him with all the groceries and stuff. Oh, yeah. I would be a little upset, too. I mean, and it sounds like they... All three of them had the day off. One day off. So. Something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man. 
You know, the funny part is, is that we're watching the beginning of that story, or I was watching the beginning of that story, and, mm-hmm. you know, you see the couple coming out, and the girl's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, and the guy's like, mm, all right, fine. And it's like, aw, all right, we're starting the story with young couple in love, and they're heading off on a grand adventure, and something bad's going to happen to them. And then as we zoom in, I realize, wait, that's Yuri and June. Yeah. I, I was totally not expecting that from the way they were behaving. They were behaving like a, a maybe slightly tipsy uh, young couple in love after, you know, having a, a nice dinner and, and having a nice evening kind of yeah. thing and being playful and, and whatnot. And then, and of course, when they're driving down the road and Yuri's just talking about running off forever with you and all this stuff is like, wow, has this relationship progressed from the last uh, episode. Yeah. I mean, we've always suspected, but uh, th- this episode really just kind of suddenly hammers it in so that I guess maybe because it's the last episode, maybe it's so that we know that they go off into the sunset happy couple. Maybe, but it was done. I don't know. Uh, whatever. I, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. And and still, it's just an absolutely rotten thing to do to Ipe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they were going with that. But, yeah. I, I, I have a feeling that uh, they had the rest of their script idea cards. They had like five left. And they fell on the floor. And they picked them up and says, you know what? This is it. This is all we have to work with. We're going to do this. And we saw those, and and some poor intern had the task of stitching those all together into a screenplay, and uh, you know that was what we saw. Yeah, it's it's not notes on a cocktail napkin. Not a good way to make a story. And here's the weird part about it: it would mm-hmm. have been good. It, this, yeah, this one it, had it the had potential promise. to be very Twilight Zone, very. Uh, uh, you know, high concept. Oh, yeah, and... yeah. It, you know, if they could have tightened up what we watch and condensed that down into 10 minutes, that's totally feasible, they would have had plenty of time for the for really flushing this story out and introduced, you know, a whole new uh, dimension and who like knows Like a middle and else. an end. <laughs> yeah, I know. They, they could have put a middle and a very nice ending on this. Uh, and, you know, they could have had some time in for a couple of jokes here and there. Who knows what? It, ah, boy. Yeah. Such it, potential a... wasted. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Professor Ichinitani's Chamber of Horrors. <laughs> Man, um, much better than a hospital. Yeah. Wow. Uh, th- there were all sorts of weird things going on in this episode. First off, you know, there's a, June says, hey, this guy is, uh, it's been a hit and run. Mm-hmm. Help me get him in the car. I don't, I don't think that's the right answer. Well, I, I maybe believe back you're not. Then it was better than leaving, some, leaving somebody leaving on the road. Or... You couldn't call with your cell phone, so maybe I don't know. But pretty weird. And then when they find out he's, and and we don't know what he's going to do with him. I assume they're going to take him to a hospital. But then yeah. when we find out he's a drunk, they're going. Well, we'll take him to Professor Ichinatani's place then. <laughs> like, yeah, he's going to be doing more of those ones where he separates the soul from the body experiment and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He needs some more bodies to. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe Ipe never got rejoined fully. So what we saw was his ghost 
carrying oh, the boxes. Point. Poor guy. Yes, he he doesn't. Yeah, they don't even know he's there. He's just a, he's just a manifest. Yeah, it's so we get to Ichinatani's, and he's got an assistant. Well, we've seen that before, but he's got an assistant who does hypnosis. Yeah, uh, amongst other things, apparently. And um, writes reports, takes trash out. Yeah, and a woman in a what <laughs> would be a padded room if it weren't painted like a solar system. Yeah, let's. That's a. I can't remember. Really... Was she asking to get out or to get in? I can't remember. Um, let me in. Let me out. I can't remember. I think she was asking to let me in. So she was trying to get back in the train at this point. Yeah. So so she's further along on the 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 roller coaster than Mister Drunk Guy, mm-hmm. who is, was still in the get me out phase. Yeah. All right. Um, weird that Ichinatani would have cells in his lab. You know, not just not, you know, I mean, that sells along a long, dark corridor there kind of thing. Mm hmm. You know, like I, I said, I think maybe last episode or something like that, that I think Ichinatani has an understanding with the government and, uh, you know, he <laughs> renders services and they allow Look him the to other way. continue <laughs> his his experimentation that he started in the 40s. Perhaps. The yeah. 40s. Yeah. He, he is an. Uh, he is an interesting character. I, I thought it was a weird thing that just caught my eye. What? When we leave that scene, when June and Ipe, uh, when sorry, when June and Yuriko leave to mm-hmm. uh, to go to see Ipe's the author. Ipe's a non-person now. Right. Ichinatani is sitting down outside the, the, the woman's cell. And for some reason, they linger that shot long enough for the extra to come in and hand him the report and say a line. Here's a report, and yeah. Ichinatani takes the report. And I'm like, that's an odd choice to to bother with that scene. What what is it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's trying to build up some credibility that Ichinatani's actually a a scientist and not just some nut. Oh, okay, maybe. You know, maybe he's got, actually but doing the police, research. The police call him in when they have a many many months old flying train mystery. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean. That was the weird part. It's like, how did the police called him about this drunk? How did the police know about the drunk? Does he report the drunk? And then and he says, yeah, and he was talking about flying on a train. Oh, we better get Ichinatani and his team in to show him this video or film of a train car flying off from October, which we closed the case because. I don't the hell know. if we know and what's then, going on. <laughs> then another one happened in April or March or something like that. And. We don't want to panic the public, so we've got you all in this room. Everybody who knows anything about this to tell you, don't tell anybody anything about this. Okay. Yeah. It's like, uh... I think there's just... Is, that, is there a uh, crime? Is, is there a... I think when Ichinatani called in that he found a drunk and that there was, he was going on about a train or something like that, it probably uh, triggered some keywords. Uh Keywords and and uh, got him on a, uh, a short list for that meeting. Mm, I guess. I I guess. Just. <sighs> or did they call that meeting because he triggered the keywords? That could be it too. I don't know. Maybe maybe other people saw the flying train that night. They just didn't. Like Ipe. Y- yeah. There you go. Could be. Like Ipe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That that was a that was a a, a, a strange one. Yeah. Um. And then my other, the last question I have, 
and and I stretch and I stretch to come up with any. Yeah. With any, this 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 really is pushing towards our shortest ever. When drunk guy was on the train, at, well, okay, let's start with the thing. Was was drunk guy having a flashback to the train when he was with June and and Yuriko, or or were we doing nonlinear storytelling, or is it all in his mind, or? I think uh, they picked him up. He saw the train of the, or he heard or saw the train at the crossing, and then we saw him from his point of view, I guess, retelling what had happened, and then we cut to him being hypnotized in order to relax. So we're being caught up with what happened to him. So I guess it'd be a, a, a bit of nonlinear storytelling there. Mm, I but guess a couple of quick shots of exposition could have uh, smoothed that out, but hey, yes. you know who has time for that? Okay, so so during that, let's call it the flashback, nonlinear storytelling kind of thing. He sees his. I presume that's supposed to be his wife and child, mm-hmm. telling him how he's you know got to come back and. Or they need him, or right, the, daughter the kid wants to, wants to go with. along with yeah. this. And um, they bear no resemblance to the family <laughs> that pick him up whatsoever. Well, not, he in is. The, not in age, not in appearance. Yeah. So is that a fantasy, or was he seeing... I think he was probably seeing... The past. His past, yeah. Back when things were nicer. <sighs> Before there was the communication breakdown, and... Everything got bitter, and yeah. <laughs> Do you really yeah. think there was a communication breakdown there? I think it seems like the wife speaks her mind pretty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the guy, unfortunately, has uh, learned that if he voices any sort of opinion, it's just more browbeating and uh, and uh, abuse. I did think it was kind of interesting that, that initially it looked like the daughter was going to be just as foul and nasty as the mom. And in a way, she is. But yeah, at the but same time, she's, yeah, she's like, it's both of you. You're both awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, right, right. dad's got his problems. Clearly dad's got some problems. Uh, definitely mom's got some problems. So. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, if if the daughter was supposed to be the uh, the, the mediator, uh, she's failed completely. Which, of course, yeah. she's not supposed to be. There's not supposed to be. <clears throat> That's for kids in that sort of situation, but hey. Not not her job. Not her job. Um, mm-hmm. High concept, poor execution. Oh yeah. Not not a good way to go out on no uh, on Ultra Q. So uh, since this is the last episode of Ultra Q, mm-hmm. thoughts on the series as a whole? Highlights, lowlights. Well, I'm glad I got to watch it. You know, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, it, it's interesting to see how something that's still going on today, how it was back when it started, you know, way back in the 60s before I was even born, mm-hmm. reinforces the idea that uh, storytelling evolves over time. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, highlights? Oh, I don't know. Uh, giant monkeys. Uh, you think the giant monkeys? I was thinking the spiders. Spiders? Oh yeah, the actually, spider one, yeah. Spider Baron. That was a that was a pretty decent episode. Uh, the giant plant that ate Tokyo. That was that was weird. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, pretty decent. Was it? Uh, was it Pegulin H? Yeah, Pegulin H. The Pegulin vitamin H. from. Yeah, uh, Pegula has come, and uh, and the sequel, Tokyo Ice Age. Yeah, yeah. that was that was an interesting kaiju. You I know, the, it, uh, what, what which was worse, it? this one or Grow t- Grow Turtle? Oh, you know, as much as I hated Grow Turtle, I would say this one. Whoa! Because Grow Turtle actually had an ending of sorts. Oh, right. Right, sort of. You know, yes. it was right constructed on. better than this. And, you know, if anybody's out there has seen Grow Turtle grow, you know, that's... Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, wow, man, when you get to this one, you'll know what I'm talking about. Whew. The, uh, the, 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 the one-eighth project was uh, an interesting concept, but sort of flawed execution. Yeah, that one had another... Uh, did I miss something? Uh, bit at the yeah. ending. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, what was the 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 oh uh, Ferris wheel challenge yeah. from the year twenty twenty? Yes, and the fact that they made a sequel to that one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, still floors me. Yep. Kenagon. Uh, uh, oh, the the, the, the purse the, mon- purse. The, yeah, the coin, coin purse monster. monster. That was yeah. that was a good one, you know. And then I'd seen that one in other. The, the monster, other things yeah. Yeah, that monster yeah so that was that was uh kind of neat to see that one uh garamon mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the derpiest invasion robots ever <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> it, it's it is you know i oh and cicada humans humans oh, yes. with cicada-like qualities you know and that one i think it's gets plenty of mileage by by other guys too yeah i I think for all of its um, incredible formulaicness, if formulaicness is a word, yes, for Ultraman, now. and I mean mm-hmm. seriously, the not no. not Ultraman the ser- I mean not not Ultraman through time, but I mean Ultraman the series that followed this one ha- has an incredibly formulaic formula, which which many of them follow very quite slavishly for for a long time, but they have a way to beginning, middle, and end every episode, right? Because it is it is all about that final battle mm-hmm. when Ultraman takes out whatever it is. And I'm not going to say that the, that, the, that the concepts are better in Ultraman, because in a way they're not, right? There's, there's a monster that eats pearls, for crying out loud, and it's causing all the women to be upset in, <laughs> in Ultraman, because it's eating all the pearls. And in the bottom of the barrel there. Wow. But... Even still, we get the climax of Ultraman blowing it to pieces. Yes. Right? So you, you do get, there is, the formula does bring something to it where they can lay these kind of weird story ideas in, you know, the, the monster things, and they have a way to take care of it. Whereas in these, not only just sort of at a loss as to how to get rid of the threat, sometimes it just sort of, meh. <laughs> like, and And so... I, I, in a way, I hate to compare this to Ultraman, because yes, it's a spiritual predecessor, but it isn't. It isn't quite the same show in the same way that if I showed you an episode of Ultraman and I showed you an episode of Ultraman Trigger from 2021 versus 1967 or whatever Ultraman is, you'd right. go, oh yeah, that's the same show, or that's 
that is the same lineage. I don't know if you would with Ultra Q. Uh, the only thing really I would recognize would be the monsters, the monster mm-hmm. styles, I should say. Yeah, th- those are, and you know, many of them did show up again later. So uh, it, over the years, because mm-hmm. why, why waste a perfectly good suit? Exactly. Those cost money to make, you know. And we can work off the nostalgia, which is, I think, something that this show, you know, kind of set the whole pace for in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true too so yeah yeah well i i'll i'll i'm just gonna let you in on a secret listeners um we are not going to be doing an episode episode from ultraman through ultraman trigger we're just not going to do that uh, all 55 years i think it is 55 years i think i think just this month when we're recording it which is july of 2021 mm-hmm. uh was uh 55th anniversary ultraman day so I mean, this this show is a year older than that. So it's, yeah. it goes it goes way back. We we and, wouldn't live uh, that long. Some of us haven't. <laughs> Some of us have. <laughs> but, yeah. So, mm. yeah. Anyway, this is this is our look at uh, at the ultra at the ultra series. Ultra, yeah, ultra Q. Yay. And uh, yeah. I would, I'm not going to recommend it. You know, I'll, I'll go say watch watch Ultraman Orb, or Ultraman Jeed, or uh, or Zet, or or you know any of these newer ones. If you're interested in the Ultra stuff, go go watch go watch some of those. Don't uh, don't necessarily come back to Ultra Q. Yeah, and, and and I haven't seen very many of those. My 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 Ultraman experience is is fairly light, and. I wouldn't start with this one. I would start with the original Ultraman series, which I think would be right after this. Yeah, it is. And they go from there. And, you know, if you're interested, you want some further reading, uh, you know, want to explore some of these, uh, the first appearance of Duran or, or other monsters, which they might not have been the first appearance, but why not? Uh, you know, go back to this. But... You know, yeah. there's only so many hours in the week. I yeah. would not devote time to watching this series. Yeah, yeah, I, it it was a disappointment to me. There there are a few good things about it, but it was a it was a disappointment to me. And I I really did have high hopes because I right we come back to my my Jurassic Park argument, an elephant gun is going to do the job. Right? Yeah, on most hopefully. of those dinosaurs. Because yeah. they're just animals. They're just animals. You, if you put a big enough bullet in them, you're going to kill them. Mm-hmm. Right? But but the way the movies work, they make these things more superhuman. And it, superhuman is wrong. Super, super animal. They're, they, are, they are beyond what nat- super nature natural. would... Yeah, would put yeah. forward. I didn't want to use supernatural because it's kind of ghost. Got that sort of ghost. Yeah, thing, yeah, but, yeah. But you know what I mean. In other words, yep. it's like why is it? Why is it that you can't shoot this with a machine gun and kill it? I and I don't. I don't get it. Why is it yeah, impervious exactly. to why, that? Why is skin yeah, impervious to that? Yeah, I don't. Why, why is fire not harming it? Uh, large yeah. bombs don't do anything. Yeah, exactly. And and that the Godzilla bugs me. effect. And of course, Ultraman series kind of have that because it doesn't matter what 
planes fly in or what they shoot with it or what technology they come up with. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. it never, ever works. And Ultraman has to show up and blow it away. And so that is a crutch that the that the stories rely on it's 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 part of the formula but at the same time it it kind of bugs me and i really really had hopes that ultra q solved that problem that that this was a world where they had to do something clever and came up with a way to defeat whatever it was and it happened once uh with with garmon you know, we created the radio thing and we did the thing. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it's like, oh, it fell in some salt water. And it turns out that was the end, you know. it. Right, right. And I guess maybe my the reason I was hoping that it would be, quote unquote, the solution is because I was looking at it in the order I've watched them in, not in the order they were created. Because let's face it, they didn't know they had this problem, right? I mean... Because the Ultraman wasn't there. They didn't have that crux. Right. They didn't yeah. have that yeah. thing. So there's nobody sitting around going, well, yeah, it's great, but if we could just find a way to actually defeat these monsters without having to resort to Ultraman, I know, let's make Ultra Q. Didn't work that way. Right? right. Ultraman is trying to solve the problems of Ultra Q. <laughs> it's like it's a, mm-hmm. and, yeah, he's the bigger yeah. gun. And I should have... I, I probably should have realized that, but I just I had this sort of mystique built up in my head. Um, and, and, you know, to be fair, there are a lot of websites that will tell you that, you know, oh, Ultra Q, this is really uh, different. This is like the Twilight Zone for Japan. It's like, <sighs> cut rate, whoa, cut rate. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a stretch. It's, you know, the alpha version of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. And some interesting, disturbing episodes where they would just leave you, you know, like, hey, kids, aliens could be watching you right now. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Some, that's those, good. good fun. Those right were there. some weird ones, too. Or, or the, the kid who's, you know, shot into orbit with M1. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. He is. <laughs> bye bye. There you go. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well. I don't have anything else, do you? Nope. No. All right. Well, in that case, we'll be starting something new. Mm-hmm. It could be a secret, but until hey. then... <laughs> Shh. No, no, no. I'm not saying don't anything. Don't say anything. No, no, no. Don't tell them. Don't say anything. Thank you for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a very interesting ride. I have a train to catch. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to call it a run. Nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, runner. And listeners! <laughs> I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Fusion Patrol, we hope you'll consider supporting us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol or buymeacoffee.com slash fusion patrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently doing a special series on Season 2 of Babylon 5. There's over a decade of previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on our website or Twitter. You can also find some of our other works at SoundCloud.com slash FusionPatrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amberwolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. I don't mind giving him a clue. (laughs) Oh, well, I wasn't going to say anything at all.